0: Please listen carefully. Hello, universe. Welcome to the Optimist Daily Update. I'm Carissa Garcia. And I'm Summers McKay. And we are part of the team behind the Optimist Daily, making solutions the news. We bring you reader-funded solution news every day in order to change the tenor of news media, social media, and the direction of your day to help us all get focused on solutions.
1: Why, seven days a week, we publish positive news stories written by award-winning journalists and delivered online to your inbox and through our social channels. And also, we are sharing these solutions in a commute-worthy, walk-worthy, home-office-worthy, TGIF, I get to go see my (laughs) puppy-worthy
0: podcast.
1: Today is Friday, the 13th of May, 2022. Oh, I'm so excited that it's Friday. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why this week seemed so long, but Mm -hmm. it did seem like a very long week. And we had lots of really exciting things happen at the Optimist Daily, right? We just created our first sponsor relationship. We're now Mm -hmm. partnered with a company called Ticino, which I think you guys have heard Christy and I like rave about. I'm a total Ticino groupie, but... (laughs) So that was a big deal. And Carissa, thank you so much for helping create that relationship and that marketing relationship for us. Yeah. And then um, what else did we do this week?
0: I don't know. We just had so many things happen. There's it was a lot really, going really- on. Our social media was down. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Our Facebook broke. Everything we ever posted on Facebook was gone to the abyss for a couple days. So that was mm-hmm. a little frustrating. But mm-hmm. we're back yeah. up now. So that's like good. More than almost a year's
1: worth of content, of carefully curated yeah. content because she is our voice, just disappeared, just vaporized.
0: Yeah. She was just gone. <laughs> because
1: internets do things like this.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah. And then, yeah. Well, I'm also really excited today because I alluded to it, but I get to go visit my puppy at Puppy Camp. Yay!
0: Denali (laughs) Sally.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Denali Sally has spent the last uh, week... And two days and he has another week and a half left so three weeks total but he spent the last period of time since right before we went to visit California at his puppy boarding and training <laughs> and they are trying to teach him to be a very good dog and then I guess I need to learn how to be a very good dog mom mm-hmm. but we got we got to a point with him where he was almost you know 30 pounds and five months old not expected we didn't expect him to be a little dog or a big dog and it got to a point where he and Brennan my two and a half year old would wrestle and play but he could knock her over and he was not listening very well and so I had to send him to puppy camp but it's been really hard and I have been watching videos of him and keeping an eye on pictures of him and I get to see him right after we record today so I get to go go visit my puppy (laughs) that will be fun I do think the cats are glad he's not home.
0: <laughs> they're like, you finally got rid of Denali Sally. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> like
1: they're all out and about. And so I, I'm not sure how we're going to bring him back into the home and the cats are not going to be just all mad again. But
0: yeah, might take some readjusting, but. <laughs>
1: That's the news from the cat pack and uh, dog report at my house. How's Miss Kitty doing at yours?
0: She's doing well. I have been babysitting her a lot over the past week, over the past weekend I did, and last night I did. She just turned one years old too this week, so that was fun for her. And I was trying so hard to be nice to her after kind of an annoying weekend. She liked to bite my toes when I was asleep and just meow at me in the middle of the night and meow at the door because she missed her mommy, my roommate. So Mm -hmm. it was a little bit hard to be nice to her on her birthday, but I was nice to her. So
1: Now, and you are still thinking, you know, it is kitten season. It's a great time to adopt. So you're still on the the lookout.
0: I'm on the kitten hunt. Yes, a kitten hunt. And I've already decided I really want to name a cat Honey. So I'm looking for Honey. Wherever oh. honey may be. Okay. So. This weekend
1: you need to go to like, you need to go look at the shelters and see. But you know, really the kittens, a lot of the kittens are just being born right now. So yeah, then honey, exactly. you'll probably be like adopting honey first week of June or something like that. Yeah. That is perfect. Ah, okay. Well, enough animal talk. Probably everyone is bored at this point. Probably. <laughs> we should instead maybe switch to
0: the positive news of the day. Yeah do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I will go first. So mine is pretty interesting. Mine is medicinal tattoos that detect blood oxygen levels and more. So new research from Tufts University shows that tattoos can measure blood oxygen levels and other important biological markers, kind of like a mood ring. Wow. We remember mood rings. Yeah. (laughs) That's really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, there's this thing called fibroin, which is a new sensor in the form of a gel, which is made from the protein components of silk. And it works very well as an injectable to read its host oxygen levels. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's unlikely to invoke an immune response and can last under the skin from a few weeks to up to a year. So, how this works is that the silk's protein's chemistry allows them to change into an oxygen sensor with an additive called PDBMAP, which basically glows when it's exposed mm-hmm. to intense light. And so researchers are still exploring ways to lengthen the longevity of this additive, but right now it shows an easy and at-hand method of detecting a patient's oxygen levels. In their tests, it was effective in animal models, and it's a very important age when patients, perhaps with COVID-19, need their oxygen closely monitored.
1: Well, that's funny because we go to the doctor a lot and they're always using that pulse oximeter, which is the Mm, little thing that clamps on your finger. Mm -hmm. And they are so erratic and so they don't really give great readings. And I can imagine that patients in high-risk situations where they need highly accurate readings, this could be a very useful, you know, somebody who has a chronic concern, yeah, this would Mm -hmm. make good sense
0: for. Yeah. And it's just a temporary thing, but it can be yeah long-term as well. So, But researchers believe that since this new fibrin sensor can be responsible to blood oxygen levels, it might be important to other components of your body too. Right. For example, right. like diabetics and glucose. So it could be used mm-hmm. for a wide variety of things if they can figure it out. So, you know, you could just get a little tattoo of a rose to track your oxygen. It might make you happier too if you're dealing with some kind of chronic condition and...
1: Right. So these tattoos can be designed visually, like it can be like yeah. a rose or, you know, a rose or dandelioners. And then the, the patient is, you know, going to shine a light over it and it's going to give them the indication of whatever their level is at. So yeah. down the road, if it's glucose levels for diabetics, you know, instead of having an exterior device or having to prick your finger, being able to have something imprinted on your skin that would help you give that information is really, really interesting.
0: Yeah, very cool. I like it. I Mm. like it.
1: Okay, well – I have sort of a forward thinking news story as well. Mm, Europe's okay. largest floating solar park to open in Portugal this summer. Ooh. Last month, we wrote about Greece unveiling Europe's largest double sided solar farm. Oh, yeah, that was a cool story. It was a very cool story, did well mm-hmm. on social. Yeah. Now, another European country is about to claim significant achievement in the race toward renewables, building the continent's largest floating solar park. Mm. Now, The solar park is a project behind EDP, Portugal's main utility company, and it will be located in Portugal's Alcueva Reservoir, which is a man-made reservoir, and its construction will reach completion by the end of this year's summer. The green energy project is now taking shape thanks to tugboats arranging an array of 12,000 solar panels into one huge floating solar farm.
0: That's a lot of solar panels.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Now, the ultimate goal is to help the continent cut its dependency on imported fossil fuels, whose prices have surged as a result of Russia's recent invasion of Ukraine. And it is part of Portugal's pledge to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 40% by 2030. Recent efforts to cut reliance on fossil fuels have included shutting down all coal plants in the country, a forward-looking decision taken by Belgium, Sweden, and Austria. This particular solar island is exposed to many sunny days. Long story short, it's going to supply 1,500 families with green electricity, or a third of the demand of the nearby towns of Portel or Maura. What's also interesting about this is that since it's floating on hydropower reservoirs, it's very cost effective and will connect to existing infrastructure that feeds into the energy grid. And when the need for energy is low, Placing solar farms in hydropower reserves has an added benefit of using surplus power generated on sunny days to pump water into the lake for use on cloudy days. Mm. So it's very exciting, right? It's circular. They're creating some intentionality around the whole situation to make sure that they're using the excess They're going to have environmental impact reduction and, you know, an overall effort to reduce reliance on fossil fuels. So it's a pretty cool story. Well done, Portugal. Very, very exciting. What else do we have, Carissa?
0: Well, let's see. Some other headlines we have today for Friday include how to use a reverse image search to spot fake news, why teen anxiety is on the rise and how to help. The warning signs of youth suicide and how to respond. It's mental health month, so it's important to take a look at these kind of stories. And how e-bikes are transforming New York City. What other headlines are there, Summers? Summers first European
1: psychedelic drug trial opens in the UK. Hmm. Three free longevity hacks for a longer life and how native stingless bees help maintain the rainforest and local communities. There's also one about fecal transplants that could help prevent age-related disorders. That and much, much more, as always, is available on theoptimistdaily.com. Thank you all for listening to today's Optimus Daily update. We promise to continue to share positive, solution-based stories with ideas on how you can participate in this changing world and ensure it is changed for the good. We promise to cover current events with accuracy, legitimate sources, and offer you
0: the information needed most to chart new paths for all of us. Please consider becoming an emissary on theoptimistdaily.com and for just $5 a month to participate in reader-supported independent journalism. And to support us for free, share us on socials, forward a story to a friend, and make sure to leave us positive reviews for our podcasts on Apple, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be part of the solution-changing consciousness and addressing our world's biggest challenges with a problem-solving mindset. Let's keep the office daily free to all who need it, supported by those who can. Happy Friday, everybody, and enjoy your weekend. Thanks,
1: everybody. We'll be back on Monday with more solutions.